Hello and welcome back to the first 2017 Monster Truck Podcast presented to you by absolutely nobody. We have no sponsors, Dustin, but maybe one day. This is episode number five. So we got a lot to talk about and it is good to be back in the saddle. We tried to record that St. Louis and Minneapolis and all that stuff. We tried to record that recap that we were talking about that we promised you guys and then uh, Dustin got a little case of the holiday sickness, so... Now we're back yeah. in full swing, and uh, and we've, we've done a lot of stuff. But, uh, yeah, man, great weekend of shows, a lot of stuff to talk about. Uh, hope everybody's having a good day, good New Year, and let's get it popping, man. Yeah, dude, we would have a lot more to talk about uh, if I hadn't have gotten my show canceled. Thank you, Matt Ryan and the Atlanta Falcons, Dirty <laughs> Birds, stealing our show away from us. Uh, unfortunately, yeah, my weekend uh, – wasn't quite as exciting as I would have preferred it to be as uh, Atlanta got postponed to March, but I will be getting back at it San Antonio next weekend, and instead I got to kind of hang out another weekend off, chilling at the house, and uh, basically being the biggest dork ever and refreshing pages every five seconds trying to see what was happening everywhere. Hey, kind of interesting to go back to, oh, I'm not working a show, I'm actually the guy that's sitting at home doing that as we did for so many years, so definitely interesting. Hey, I wanted to hit something off. Real quickly, uh, Levi Shones on Twitter. Uh, we are the All Monster on Twitter, by the way. If you guys want to follow us, ask us anything, and uh, we'll probably bring it up here on the podcast. Uh, wanted to, wanted us to do a rundown to all the lineups for first quarter and uh, fill people in and everything. We wanted to do that, uh, but the only problem with that is, like I said, you know, we had some sickness, we had some holiday stuff, but I have a feeling there's going to be some lineup changes and some things happen due to a couple of events that happened this weekend. So lots of stuff to talk about. May as well address kind of the elephant in the room uh, right away. Yeah, um, unfortunately, as we kind of all have seen, I guess, at this point, it's uh, been circulating around. Unfortunately, Dennis Anderson was injured in Tampa this weekend. Uh, we don't have any more info than anybody else does at this point. We won't speculate or anything like that. Um, we just want to send our well wishes out to Dennis. Um, you know, obviously, hopefully, speedy recovery, everything, all that good stuff. But uh, we didn't want to speculate or anything like that. We just kind of wanted to go ahead and address it, get it out of the way, and uh, you know, be able to enjoy the rest of the weekend that was in Monster Trucks. Yeah, and I think a great place to start off with that is actually in the arenas. We'll get, to, we'll kind of go small and then go big, if you will. Uh, a couple things to talk about there. Uh, I took a look at Kristen Anderson. Uh, of course, that's a kind of a big story there with the daughter digger, if you will. And I think that although I've seen some bright spots there, I think that you're going to see her really earn her chops this first quarter. Got some things to work on. Not saying that uh, it was terrible or anything, but I don't think that she's going to be a, a you know 40 in freestyle every time right out of the block. She did earn one due to an endo, but I think that she's got a little bit of stuff to work on in uh, in the arenas. But there were there were some bright spots as well. Yeah, there's that arena tour. The central tour has got a lot of interesting factors in play there. I mean, most everybody there is a new driver except for Matt Cody, and you know Matt's the most seasoned driver of any of those drivers on that tour. But he is also an independent in this situation. They're driving their own equipment. They're just running a Monster Jam body. And so, you know, that's an interesting beast for them to have to deal with and balancing how hard you can run the trucks and still be able to turn the wrenches on them and keep them running between rounds and between shows. Um, Justin Sipes looks pretty promising, though, in Megalodon. Uh, everything that I've seen of Sipes running so far this year, he's been doing great. Um, he really does look like a natural behind the truck so far. 
Um, definitely got a lead so far there on the Central Series, and he's looking pretty dominant so far. But there's a lot of shows left on that tour, and there's a lot of time left for all of these new drivers to really start cutting their teeth and getting a lot more experience. And I, it'll be fun to follow how these uh, guys and gals progress over the season. I mean, there's a ho- so many shows on this Central Series tour. I, I know it, man, and I think it's cool. So, Like I said, definitely not a knock on Kristen or any of the people on that tour. I think it's really cool, and I, I think that eventually, someday, maybe, Monster Jam could brand kind of a developmental tour. I think that that would pay big dividends. I know that they're doing the Monster Jam University, the Monster Jam 101. We talked on a prior podcast about getting a lot of experience in Europe, but... I think that it actually could be something cool in the future if they branded that out. I know uh, you're not a big wrestling fan, but WWE has NXT, and that's ended up kind of garnering its own separate audience, and I'd like to see that happen someday. Maybe another topic for another podcast, but yeah, definitely definitely interested in seeing what the Young Guns, no pun intended, can bring to the show. Really like seeing the, uh, the European uh, tour do well and then transfer over for some of those people as well. Uh, but yeah, man, I, I got some comments, and we got some comments on the Twitter about the arena shows being pretty good so far. And I got to be honest with you, I like what I see. Uh, I know that you and I may not agree on this too, which would be a first for a lot of things. But uh, <laughs> I, I think that uh, I like the arena setup. I like this a lot better than what we had with Freestyle Mania. I like this a lot better than an old Thunder National setup. I think that it gives more opportunities for some some great moments to shows and gives people opportunities to uh, really shine uh on the other hand as you mentioned there are some pretty steep ramps there (laughs) well and you know my my kind of i guess beef would be with some of these hybrid floors is it varies venue to venue as far as its effectiveness and you can look at some of these venues and see that well it just doesn't really work that well um you look around and you see where really there's not that much action happening and when you're driving some of the independent trucks you really have to balance just how hard you can run to be able to you know keep things affordable for yourself as well as you know make sure the trucks are good to go show to show to show um and these things can be really tough on equipment um that's where i think in more of an independent heavy lineup i feel like the older style tracks the the pre-hybrid tracks if you will kind of I felt like delivered a more consistent show. However, when you get a Monster Jam fleet heavy lineup, especially like what you see on the arena tours, the arena, the Amsoil arena series, that's where I think things kind of start to take a more better turn in favor of the hybrid floor and that the drivers are going all out show to show, really putting everything on the line. I mean, you look at, just how hard guys like Colvinard and both the Eichel brothers, Eichelberg brothers, uh, Barry Musauer, you know, all these drivers are really pushing it every time they get in the truck. You know, Tyler Meninga is going berserk with his wheelies. They are really pushing this equipment, and they're doing stuff in arenas that we would have never seen, you know, several years ago. I mean, you just look at all the ridiculous wheelies that keep coming out of these shows. I mean, uh, last weekend, Tyler Meninga, you know, walking the truck across the pad, off the pad, and then continuing across the floor in Birmingham, or, you know, these kind of reverse bump wheelies that Colton and Jared are doing, or yeah, just the, kind of the... Yeah, they call re- it the moonwalk, if I'm not mistaken, man. That, that well, was the, some cool innovation there, too. 
Well, you know, the the moonwalk's more of, you know, riding the stoppy out in reverse, but these silly kind of goofy, I don't know how really to describe it with what (laughs) Colton and Jared are doing, but, you know, they kind of back, they drive half the truck down the ramp and then back into it and then let the momentum carry the truck up onto the back bumper and then walk it off. And it's, it's kind of goofy. It's kind of silly. I don't know if like, it's definitely an interesting move. I don't know how, if I'm the biggest fan of it, but it's It's a floppy. We'll call it a floppy. I don't know if that's the best term for it, but, you know, it kind of, it's just such a kind of goofy move or whatever. It's definitely not an easy thing to do because you have to have some pretty good timing and just faith that you're not going to flop over backwards like a turtle and just look silly. See, (laughs) now you're getting it. Yeah, I'm I'm totally with you, man. I, I think that's a good point too. And if I'm Jim Burns, we had Jim Burns on the podcast and, you know, he talked about always making rounds and stuff and, and that that's a really good selling point if you're an independent you know hey my truck's not going to break i'm going to make every round for you to you know to the promoter whether it's an independent or monster jam or whatever if you've got a tough track you have less odds statistically of making it through all the shows and all the weekends then it's more difficult for you to maintain pace with everybody else and i gotta say you know you changed my mind there definitely for the independents but yeah, yeah. Uh, solid solid weekend of shows man i really liked the uh, arena stuff if you guys had some favorite runs or anything like that then definitely let us know in the comments section or on twitter uh, i think it's pretty cool man so far so good on the arena shows i'm looking forward to seeing some more out of several different drivers on that tour yeah i mean you look out west uh cold managed to take the lead this weekend over in a brutal weekend of shows over in tacoma uh anybody that's done tacoma before knows it's like a five six show weekend it's just one of the more grueling weekends of shows then you factor in the fact that these guys are you know guys and gals are you know bouncing back and forth between vehicles and just really it's a really draining weekend i'm sure by show five these guys were really pretty worn out and then uh Colt Neichelberger's got a pretty good lead going so far on the E-Series, but I can imagine Tyler Meninga and Barry Musauer are going to really battle back. They're going to try and not let him run away with a championship for sure. Barry is an underrated driver overall. Definitely somebody that I'd like to sit down with at some point and talk about his career so far. Uh, I, he fits in an arena. He fits in a stadium. He's had a, an, an amazing – he's even a good writer, man. We didn't have to edit his blogs too much when they went up here. But, no, not too many typos. I mean, he definitely <laughs> beat out Ed uh, in less typos. So, <laughs> great. We point. love you, Ed. Yeah, great point. So, uh, yeah, I, I really am interested to see what he's doing. They they definitely kind of planted a, a a guy that's been everywhere into that tour. Going to be competitive, and that's what I like seeing. Uh, by the way, if you want to see points and stuff, I've been seeing them on the Monster Jam results pages. Uh, looking forward to to seeing how everything shakes out. I like that they're doing this after every show and not just leaving us to wonder or keep track ourselves uh, until the end of the year. I caught you having a drink. I was just about to do the same thing. Guys, these podcasts are marathons. They're not sprints. So uh, as we move along to the stadiums, the one that jumped out at both of us was definitely Anaheim. Wow. How many storylines can you get to start a season, really? I know the season started a week ago, but as we sit here on uh, on Monday, by the way, uh, it is just crazy how much has gone on this week and in one show at Anaheim. Yeah, man. I mean, the first stop of the, the FS1 West series and already, you know, a lot of hype going into that one, you know, a really strong field of trucks on that series Anaheim being, you know, the the starter weekend of it. Uh, you've got the battle of 
you know, returning champions with Neil Elliott, the 2015 champion of the FS1 Championship Series, Adam, the 2016 champion. That's already a big enough storyline as it is. But then you look at the rest of the, you know, field of trucks. There's no slouches there. Every truck there is a good quality truck. There's no, you know, there's no lackluster anything coming from this field. You know, everybody's going to have an off night here and there, but for the most part, you can pretty much expect all those trucks to be competitive and run well throughout the season. It is it is going to be a ridiculous season for them. You can put those two guys in a lineup. You could probably put those two guys in an arena with two cars, and I would go to that show. So <laughs> we'll just put it that way. Uh, right away, another quick elephant to get out of the room, out of the way. Uh, Carl Van Horn took the wheel of Monster Energy this weekend, and uh, Carl. I'm here to tell you, man, uh, you did a little bit of damage to the truck. Just a little. <laughs> Just a little bit. Uh, yeah, that, that front housing, she going bye-bye. Yeah, that's that's uh, that's putting it nicely. Uh, Carl did a lot of damage, had a lot of fun, uh, and I think that that's an interesting combination. If, uh, if Carl can get back into a seat, sort of... Uh, He's going to get comfortable real quick, and you saw he can drive anything anywhere, just like we said with Bari. Uh, definitely a guy to keep your eye on for that tour at Monster Energy, no matter who's behind the wheel. Uh, again, Cody, congratulations to Cody Celsius. Not to bounce around too much, but wow, uh, another win. Uh, Monster Energy started off this year strong in both shows, Tampa and in Anaheim. But uh, Anaheim, man, I saw some real good racing. We saw a course that wasn't a straight-line course or – a uh, St. Louis style course. So I'm very happy about that. Yeah. Um, you know, right off the bat, you know, you had the big storyline, I guess, of the uncertainty of what's going on with the monster energy camp with Damon, not in the truck. We don't really have any explanation as to why. So we're not really going to speculate there, but um, you know, if you can get a fill in, there's really not too much better to ask for than Carl Van Horn. I mean, he's obviously one of the best drivers in the sport. Um, you know, Carl comes in driving a fantastic truck. I mean, all you got to do is look at the quality of truck that Damon's been driving for the last several years. You know, TJ Tripp and Melissa, they really do a fantastic job of keeping that truck running 110% every week. You can't ask for really a better truck to come and step into and take over for a weekend or possibly, you know, further beyond that. Um, and, you know, racing was pretty entertaining. It was kind of kind of a funky night of racing because there was a lot of just kind of I don't want to say sloppy runs but it seemed like people were not getting a good handle on the track and then I don't know if you picked up on this uh as much as I did but it seemed like the left lane was by far the best lane to be in all night long uh you go round by round by round and it seemed like all the winners were coming out of the left lane unless you were Colt Stevens and barrel rolled the truck coming out of the the second turn (laughs) Yeah, there's definitely differences in lanes, uh, no matter what. I mean, you know that. I know that. Everybody knows that. But I, you can you can argue that, and I've sat around and talked with guys, too, uh, drivers, crew guys. Sometimes it's just as simple as that they like to turn a certain way. <laughs> and it's that simple. Like, you're in a car, if you, you know, those of you that drive, you like making left turns. You're, you know, NASCAR makes left-hand turns. Uh, sometimes, sometimes it's that simple, and you like the right lane for that reason. Other times... It may be a visibility thing because of freestyle obstacles on the course. So a lot of different conditions and a lot of different things there. Sometimes the lanes are just straight up uneven. Maybe they watered the track and only got to a certain point there. Uh, but, yeah, I, I definitely saw that. I saw what you were saying. 
And the guys that pick up on that, guys and gals, I should say, that pick up on that are the ones that end up in the winner's circle. Uh, great night well, of racing. And- I, like, I like the fact that it was a different track. I mean, just, just give me a freaking different layout every once in a while, and I'm a happy guy. Yeah, and to bring up you know more on the point of turning left and visibility, when I spoke with TJ Tripp, uh, I believe it was in Detroit last year. You know, we were talking about how you know basically Damon, you know, always would prefer you know the left lane because his visibility was better when you could look to the left than it was to the right. And yeah. one of the things that TJ said he wanted to change up on the truck was possibly moving the gauge clusters away from the right hand side and maybe centering it up some more so that there was less obstruction to Damon's right whenever they would turn right, and it would improve the visibility and just kind of give them a little bit of an advantage over everybody else that if they can see more to the right and not have as much interference as far as your line of sight, it makes it that much easier to hit your marks when you're turning. And you could tell a lot of guys were clipping that turning car in racing in Anaheim, you know, I saw several, if not almost every pass, somebody was clipping that right turning car. Yeah, and Anaheim is always, I, I have been there and, uh, and crewed there, and it's a different, you know, everybody talks about the baseball stadium layout. Well, what does that mean? Well, when you get down to one end of the track, it gets a little narrow, and, and your, your visibility is a lot different. Everything's a lot, uh, just that whole stadium and that whole experience is a one-off, very much so. If you go there and you're on the floor, it feels like the fans are right on top of you, which makes for a really cool atmosphere, but at the same time, you kind of get thrown off a little bit, I think, if you're a driver. And uh, to, to branch off of a couple of things that you said right there, too, you're talking about instrument clusters and where people like gauges and stuff. Now imagine being Carl Van Horn, hopping into this thing. First of all, hasn't been in a truck for a while, most likely. Second of all, if he has, he's not in his truck with his setup. He's in Damon's truck with Damon's setup. So what do you do there? Sometimes, if they have enough time and they know some change is going to be made, or you know, you're going to hop in this truck tonight, then they may move some things around. But imagine being that uncomfortable and still coming away with the night that Carl did. Pretty crazy. Really enjoyed seeing the way that he adapts to the truck. And again, we've talked about this. That makes a good driver. If you can hop in and not be at your most comfortable and still put on a great performance, uh, hey, A-plus to you. And a, a great night for Carl. Racing-wise, yeah, loved it. Loved seeing the, the fact that we got something different. And, yeah, it's good to see guys out of their comfort zone. I, I'm good with that. I think that's a good thing. They just need to do it more often. Yeah, and, you know, the night of racing, you know, maybe races weren't the cleanest passes ever or the fastest passes ever. But, you know, they were exciting. There were a lot of different variables at play. You know, you saw different drivers, you know, clipping the sides of obstacles or turning cars and what have you. I mean, Scott Buda almost went for a cartwheel ride uh, mm-hmm. in the semifinals. The round one race between Bounty Hunter and Max D was fantastic. The final round was all over the place. But, you know, Adam getting off to the big start, you know, with the night of the night with uh, with the racing final round victory over Neil Elliott and you know, got his championship defense, you know, off to a good start. Um, you know, really, you can't ask for much better than to go out there and just mow everybody down and win racing. And then we get to freestyle. And we got some stuff to say <laughs> about freestyle. Uh, I seem to remember there were a couple guys uh, that won't say I told you so. that talked about fan judging. And I have a feeling we're going to be talking about this a lot all year. We don't shy away from some controversy. I'm just going to say 
Seventh place for Adam Anderson is a disgrace. That is terrible. <laughs> that is ridiculous. Yeah. I'm not an Adam Anderson homer. I, I like, you know, I, I like all trucks equally. That's why the website's called All Monster. I just like monster trucks. But the fact that Adam Anderson put on the run that he did and got a seventh place finish, somebody ought to be ashamed up there for making the decision to do fan judging again. I'm tired of it already, and we're only two weeks in. It's definitely a huge disappointment when you look at the quality of run that Adam Anderson put forth. I mean, arguably, you could make a very good case that that should have been the winning freestyle run. I mean, you between could say, okay, th- this is what I've always said. I'm sorry for uh, for cutting you off there, but this is what I've always said, and this should kind of shape the whole thing. I don't mind if your truck is maybe in the top two or three, and you can argue back and forth. Okay, did Carl win? Did did uh, you know Neil win? Did Adam win? Okay, they're in the ballpark, right? No pun intended. But when a guy gets seventh and he should have won, that's half the field. My goodness, that's ridiculous. That's terrible. It needs to be looked at. It needs to be adjusted. Yeah, something's not quite right there, you know, because it just didn't... uh, Watching the run and then you see what kind of the scores went up and you're like, hang on a second, really? 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 You know, there was an eight in there, and then you look at, you know, and not to knock anything that Colt Stevens did because he put on a fantastic run in FS1 Cletus. But I feel like even Colt would probably agree, Adam really put it out there, really put everything on the line, went huge time after time after time, putting in a big save. The only knock you could really have on Adam is is that he didn't throw in a backflip, but honestly that run was good enough. It didn't really need it. You know, Colt Stevens definitely went big, you know, brake checking, really settling the truck down nicely. You know, he's landing things a lot different, had some good momentum, just overcooked the backflip. But Getting better every time he hops in that seat. We were going to talk about him before you got sick (laughs) about the December show. Put on, put it, you know, again, just keeps stepping it up. Maybe, maybe we should just have a doomsday tour. Maybe that should be the, uh. The, the minor leagues of, of monster trucks, if you will. Just have a doomsday tour. Not literally all doomsday trucks. I'm not being that funny. But, uh, like, like don't let them know who the drivers are. Just let them go in there. And do you pick number one, number two, number three, or number four? Maybe that would solve the, the freestyle problem, too. Uh, but, but, I mean, yeah. Colt, great job. One of the things I want to throw in there real quickly with Adam's run. Go watch it. You can find it places. Uh, his slap wheelie. That is driving, man, because he did not get a good bounce off of that thing and still just absolutely timed it perfectly to get a great bumper dragon slap wheelie. Hard, hard driving right there. Not easy to do. He did it, and I was just, I was like, I saw the bounce as I was first watching. I'm like, there's no way he's going to, oh, wow. That's, you know, that's worth a point to an experienced eye. But little stuff like that, he does it every time. He does all the little things technically. It's like Dennis Anderson and Jimmy Creighton uh, are Adam Anderson. <laughs> like There's that technical stuff, and then there's that wild stuff all at once. Love watching Adam run, and that was great. Yeah, I mean, Adam really bounced back after having maybe not the best showings, the first Minneapolis show and you know coming off of St. Louis. He really got rocking that that Sunday show in Minneapolis, and then carries that momentum into you know, Anaheim. Comes off the racing win, and he burned it down in freestyle. There, it was one of the most entertaining freestyle runs I've seen in a while. And again, not to harp on it too much, but seventh place is not really right, and especially when you take a look at how big of an impact that has on the point standings right now, because 
we didn't discuss it already, but Neil Elliott, Max D, also fantastic run, burned it down. He takes the freestyle win, and now Neil Elliott is sitting at the top of the points, like five or six points ahead of Adam Anderson, whereas if Adam would have been scored more fairly, there's a possibility that Adam either is leading the series or within a point or two. Here's a good, and with analogy. The way that- Here's a good analogy. Okay, uh, definitely see where you're going with that. You've got... <sighs> You've got fan judging controlling points that are supposed to be serious. You're either half in or you're half out. You either do this the right way or you don't. At least in the NBA and some of the professional sports out there, if you will, the major five, uh, they have all-star voting. And it's about that time for the NBA every year where we complain about the fact that the all-star teams are not legit and they're just popularity contests. Stop me if this sounds familiar. So... The thing about that, though, is it's a vote for being able to get into an exhibition game. We're not running exhibition events here. We are running points events. If this is to be taken seriously, you need to take the control out of the hands of the fans. Yeah, I, and I mean, I you know, I like having the fan element involved. We've discussed this before. You know, they've kind of, you know, introduced some of the things that we've talked about. I remember one of our YouTube commenters was mentioning, you know, possibly bringing in a decibel meter and getting the crowd involvement. And they've done that this year. Yeah. And, you know, lo and behold, that ended up being, the, you know, the one of the judging aspects that really hurt Adam's case. Um, and, you know, you got to wonder how that's implemented, what maybe is they can do to, you know, work on that a little bit because I, I – I don't know if they got an accurate gauge or something off of that run because I believe the fa- the, the the decibel meter score was like a four and that's pretty low, yeah. you know, considering you know, the just insane action that Adam Anderson put forth. Uh, you know, it was just again, it is just frustrating because I feel like you have to be disheartened a little bit if you're Adam Anderson to know that you put it all on the line there, really just burned it down put yourself in what should have been competition for the win, and then you finish seventh. It's just, I don't know, it's got to sting a little bit. I would hate to be that truck, and I would hate to be that crew next week. Yeah, uh, Woos and Parker, yeah, you guys, you got your uh, your work cut out for you when you get to San Diego, or I think that's where you guys are next. Uh, yeah, good luck, boys. Hey, good you know luck. You know what, I love, I love that, though. Um, in all seriousness, uh, I'm sorry for the crew guys because I know uh, that that does suck. Uh, but hey, part of the, part of the job, I know they're up to the task. Great crew guys all across the sport, and uh, much respect to you. Hardest job in the hardest job in the deal besides being in the seat. And Adam is no stranger to some controversy and some motivation. I don't say that he seeks it because he doesn't, but he's going to say what's on his mind, and I respect that. I love the fact that he mentioned the fact that you know some people gave him a little bit of of uh, try to discredit a little bit of what he does sometimes because of the truck that he was in. Then he went out to Detroit and tore the place apart. A little motivation, a little bit of a kick in the butt right now. Adam didn't need it, but now <laughs> he's got even more. San Diego's going to be a spot to watch next week. Yeah, and, you know, could kind of continue on some of the highlights throughout freestyle. I mean, uh, the Ramers, you know, with, uh, you know, the – Flying hot, or, excuse me, yeah, Kelvin and <laughs> and fired Rosalie. Up, fired up, man. <laughs> no, it's good. But, yeah, tongue tied. Thank you. I'm starting to sound <laughs> like Gary Johnson here. Um, so, Kelvin Raymer, good freestyle time flies. You know that truck r- works well. You can always count on Kelvin to do something cool. Uh, you know, also came off with the wheelie contest win. 
Uh, by the way, wheelie contest, Anaheim. Uh, hopefully, we get this a little bit better because Kelvin was about the only one worth watching. But yeah, we're, uh, we're not going to say. Uh, I'll say this. <laughs> I'm sorry for the, uh, the. I don't know what was missing there, but something was missing. I don't know. Um, see, this is this is something I was going to bring up to you anyway when we got to the wheelie contest, man. Do you think that that's a case of? Okay, these guys didn't make the racing bracket. They're going to do the wheelie contest now. But here's the problem with that. A few years back, I went to an event in Minneapolis at the old Metrodome. One of the things that they did was, okay, the people that are eliminated in the first round, they're going to go do their freestyle before the second round. And although that seemed cool, it wasn't. Here's why. If you've got a big 10,000-pound monster truck and it is about to go tear up a track, it literally tears up the track. Then you have to spend more time, people have to wait longer, to repair the track so that it is raceable. I wonder if maybe they said, hey guys and gals, come out here to your wheelie contest, but please don't mess the track up. That well, got- Stuff like that may play into what you're doing, and I, I don't know if I like it. Well, you know, and I remember last year with the donut contest, you know, drivers would be upset that, you know, a truck went and cut a donut in the lane that they were preferring to run. Yeah. And it would, you know, unsettle the dirt, especially if you're like in a spot where it's about to go into the turn. And, you know, as best as the dirt crew does to try fair and balanced and try and smooth out lanes where it needs to be worked. There's not enough time as quick as these shows go to to fully groom a track in between competitions and then you look at kind of some of the ramps that were really out there to hit for the wheelie contest it's just not in fun spots to really pull it off you know you've got the fun boxes but the way that they're kind of set up if you go a little off to the side when you hit them you're kind of hitting the top of something else and kind of bouncing around funny you know kelvin made it work did some awesome sky wheelies he worked in an awesome slap wheelie which you can always count on for kelvin but you know the rest of the crew there just didn't seem like they could find the right way to make it work maybe they'll figure it out you know next weekend when they get to the next show and some of the drivers have already had some experience with it i imagine many of them will want to try obviously and get into the racing bracket for some more points but hopefully we get a little bit of an improvement with the wheelie contest because it didn't really have a good showing there in anaheim in minneapolis we had some good showing with it but not so much in anaheim could we maybe just have we've got all these tracks designed could we maybe just have one or two wheelie-specific things? Wheelie-specific areas, okay? Here you go. This is your wheelie spot for this week. Everybody has the same thing. It's part of the reason besides not being able to find cars because they run longer. Uh, <laughs> if you have a wheelie-specific spot, everybody has to hit that spot. The cars don't get beat down because there are no cars. A couple dirt mounds. Here's your wheelie spot. This is where you go. Everybody has at it, and everybody has the equal opportunity to do the same or different stuff off of the same obstacles. Yeah, I mean, we've integrated, you know, the tires and the logs and stuff like that into our into the floors, but I always feel like they're kind of shoehorned into a spot where it's just, hey, we've got these things, we got to incorporate it and just make it work. Hey, designated and, wheelie spot, man, come on. <laughs> <laughs> you know. So we'll see. Hopefully it gets better. It was not maybe the best showing for the wheelie contest, but I imagine, you know, a little bit of that is drivers and trucks having a little bit of first show gremlins of the year. Everybody's torn everything apart and rebuilt their trucks from the ground up during the winter. And then, you know, coming into a show, sometimes you just have some little funky gremlins that creep into the trucks and just happens. Definitely. 
And then kind of continuing on with the Ramers, Rosalie and Wildflower had a pretty pretty fun run to watch. Uh, you had some good momentum, good air, uh, had a nice save in there as well. The only thing I would say is, is there's a little bit of a lull in the second half of the run. Um, it just kind of, I think, think starts to affect some drivers. They get off to a strong start. They're trying to figure out how to keep that going, and they overthink it a little bit. Um, I'd say the hit-to-hit momentum towards the end of the run probably could have, you could have been picked up a little bit. But overall, like a really good showing so far from Rosalie. Um, Buddy Tompkins, Raisin Kane, had a pretty good night. Uh, we didn't mention before, but Buddy came through with the fastest qualifier, which was pretty impressive. And then stepped up pretty big with Raisin Kane, put on a pretty strong freestyle run. You could tell he was fighting the truck a little bit. Seemed like maybe there was some steering or handling issues, and then eventually it sounded like maybe the transmission was starting to slip as well. But Buddy went out there and put on a great run, you know, got the crowd fired up. They had a really strong start to freestyle out there in Anaheim. I really like the way that things have gone in some respects. Others, obviously, we have a little bit of beef, but that's okay. I I think that we've, we've talked about all this stuff. Uh, I've just got to throw out there again. Uh, man, I love watching Neil Elliott freestyle. <laughs> <laughs> We, we talk about Adam, we talk about, uh, you know, everybody else, and then it's just kind of, it's almost expected at this point that Neil Elliott's going to go out there and just kill it. I mean, consistent, consistent, wild, clean runs, if that's such a thing. You know what Neil's going to do. I feel like every time he gets out there, and, you know, if it's a two-and-a-half-minute freestyle, let's just say, for the first minute, he builds it. He builds it. He builds it. He always feel like he's in control. And then about minute 30, stuff starts getting weird. You see it start getting bigger. He pulls a save or two or seven. And then by the end of it, you're like, what did I just watch? Why do I watch other trucks? Can he just freestyle 16 times in a row? And that's exactly what you should be doing. But you know what? That comes from years of experience in the sport. I love the fact that Neil's got a chance to kind of shine here. He always deserves more than he gets, in my opinion. I love seeing him freestyle and... I, I had no problem with him, uh, you know, with him being the victor at that freestyle event. Oh, absolutely. I mean, Neil, you can pretty much rely on Neil to do something that's going to make you go, whoa. Like, yeah. And like you were saying, you know, Neil's, you know, he's got a um, kind of method to his madness, if you will. He doesn't go completely berserk right from the right from the drop of the gate, but he's always going big. Yeah. There's no taking it easy, but there's a fine line where he finesses, and then all of a sudden, like you're saying, it, it's like all of a sudden Ron Burgundy says, well, that escalated quickly, and then yes. bam, <laughs> Neil's bouncing off of sidewalls and pulling off completely insane saves. Or He doesn't you know, freak out. I know, trust me, my truck ran like crap today, okay? I'll just get that out there. My, my freestyle was terrible today. My driving ability, subpar. I'm not even in a truck, so I'm not going to judge anybody that is in that sense but i will say neil does not freak out when a truck takes a bad bounce you can just see you can it's almost like you can see the wheels turning in his head when he took that bad bounce and got up on the sidewalls he didn't do that on purpose but he also didn't freak out the first thing you hear is a lot of from a lot of people that are inexperienced they hammer that throttle or they hammer the brakes he's just like no let me see the truck settle down i'm gonna get into this spot and i'm gonna save it a less experienced driver would have been on their lid very quickly and you see that with guys like Adam. You see that guys like, with guys like Neil, Charlie Pawkin. You know, the experienced drivers do that. But he's probably the calmest looking 
if you can see that a truck looks calm, he's the calmest looking one when you get to the nitty gritties and the little idiosyncrasies of driving. I love that about it, man. Uh, Neil's one of my favorite guys to watch. This tr- this run was no exception, and we, we had the Gravedigger controversy, but you couldn't argue against Neil winning, I'll put it that way. Yeah, I mean, Neil put forth a winning-capable run, and it's awesome to see that you know there were three or four runs that were really you could consider strongly for winning freestyle this weekend in Anaheim. Um, you know, and that's an awesome thing to have. And to go back on your point about Neil staying calm, just look no further back than two years in the same building in Anaheim when Neil <laughs> pulled off his completely bonkers run. And you look at that just completely insane run, uh, save that he had. The truck kind of bounces around. It's pirouetting all over the place. And the entire time you don't hear – Neil just stabbing the throttle and just holding on for dear life like some other drivers do. Yeah. He kind of waited, let it settle, and feel like he got to a point where he could you know, put the right input into the truck, into the throttle, and make it settle down and get to a spot where he can save it. Now, granted, he spun around on his sidewalls for a good little bit and eventually caught himself back on all fours. But Even still that at felt- this point, though, even that is purposeful. There's a method yeah. to that. He does it. He's done it so many times now that it can't be luck. It can't be anything but okay, I've watched some YouTube, I've watched some tape. He does something there, research, homework, feel-wise, where that happens enough. I am fully confident saying he knows what he's doing and how he's doing that. I mean, you were there in Orlando when he had the run of all runs with, like you were saying, having one, two, seven saves all of a sudden. He did it on purpose. He hit that little (laughs) jammer stack. I will tell anybody that. I will go to my grave going, "The the first one, okay, fine. The second one, he did that on purpose. (laughs) There's no yeah, he just like you said, he is just so eerily comfortable sometimes in these situations where he does not get to that panic ref point and just start holding on for dear life. You know, he still just tries to find some way, even if it's just little blurps of the throttle or a little steering input, whatever. He just figures out a way to try and make these things work, and it seems like he's just got such an uncanny natural ability to pull these trucks out of impossible situations. Yeah. Unbelievable. Uh, I did want to mention, you, you, you threw t- Tacoma out there real quickly. Uh, again, shouts to all these people for coming through and doing so many shows in a weekend. Uh, wanted to mention Jared Eichelberger and uh, Cole Vernard. Wow. Battling back and forth like crazy. That's going to be one to watch for sure. Two of, the, two of the experienced young guns. I don't know how you say that, but you know, obviously Cole and Jared have been around things for a while now and it's just come out like gangbusters. Love seeing the fact that they are just battling back and forth. I, I just, I like some competition. I don't want anybody to run away with these things. I want guys running hard, and I want it to be some extra incentive for people, as if they needed it. But the points series are there to make things competitive, to make things a little more serious. You can see that Bernard and Eichelberger are taking it seriously already. Yeah, and, you know, like you were saying, is, is you feel like the the – the way that the points are shaking out, especially this year, the wick's been kind of turned up a little bit. They've added a little fuel to the fire in that the points are now a little bit more balanced like we've talked about in the past. And you look at see maybe where some there is some extra incentive for some people to really step it up a notch and try and see really if they can come in and mix it up with some of the big dogs, if you will. And look at somebody like Mark McDonald, who is a very consistent driver. And you look at the performance that he put on this weekend. Another guy that unfortunately got kind of dogged by the judges. Dude put on a very good run, especially the opening minute. You know, that one-wheeled slap wheelie was pretty sweet. Had some good momentum, some good air. Tapered off a little bit towards the end, but, you know, 
McDonald always puts on a good run. He's always consistent. You can pretty much count him to make the racing bracket every week, you know, sneak into the finals pretty regularly and get some wins. You know, that dude can definitely be in the championship hunt. And then you look at Jimmy Creighton, you could say the same thing about him. He's always a consistent racer. You can pretty much count on him to make the top eight in racing unless he, you know, spins out in qualifying or something like that. And then, you know, as long as the truck holds together, you can pretty much count on Creighton to be in the top eight in freestyle every week as well. And, you know, one of the big, you know, I guess things for uh, for Creighton is he is very good at backflips. He's got a lot of experience doing them. He's not afraid to do them. And, you know, that is a big ace in the hole to have when you're doing freestyle. You know, that can help set you apart. And you look at the big scores from this past weekend in Anaheim, you can see the judges there, they like backflips. It's a big part of what was going on in the scoring, I feel like. And then, you know, that is a big deal to have, you know, in your repertoire, if you will, when you're trying to compete on a championship. And Jimmy Creighton is a very competitive guy. Yes. If you're stuck with fan judging, and I do say stuck with, uh, then... It's also all about how the announcer at the show and anybody that has that, that public forum sort of explains everything. So without hearing anything, I would guess that they mentioned backflips a few times at that show. If that gets in a brand new person that's holding that scorecard's head, then maybe that's part of the reason why things shake out the way they do. Either way, though, there's a lot of skill to it. It's not just nailing it and hoping it for the best, as we mentioned about the saves. One of the things I was talking about offline with you that I noticed was People are starting to learn a little bit more about this now that we've done them for a little while. Uh, I see that that guys like Neil, and then also I saw this with um, with Cody's for, uh, backflip in Tampa as well. Uh, they roll it, and it's almost like doing an over-rotated wheelie. Uh, I was talking about that uh, El Toro Loco, Lupe Sosa. He used to wait until he'd hit the his front wheels would hit the cars, and then mash the throttle to to do a wheelie. And now you see that people are starting to roll slowly up to the backflip ramps. Not just nail them at the same speed, but wait until their front tires hit and go up the 45 part of the ramp and then mash it, get that rotation. They're starting to get a little bit of the science and, and a little bit of the timing for this down better. And I hope so because I would hate to see any more uh, turtle shell type of backflips. Uh, it's a dangerous thing, and I want people to get this down and make sure that we got everything good. Uh, on top of that, it makes for a better performance because after you land, you get to keep going. Yeah, and to you know, kind of reiterate, I guess a little bit on you know, catering almost to the fan judging. We got to talk about Scott Budo because he's had such good luck within the last year. You know, twelve freestyle wins in stadium events last year, and he's got to be one of the favorites to take freestyle wins on this tour because of that success. And he is very consistent at landing backflips as long as. He makes it to that point, and the truck drives away. He's a contender to win. Unfortunately, this weekend didn't really play out that well for him. He took a pretty big hit in his championship hunt. In that you know he was out after the second hit, and the whole front end cap came out from underneath of the truck. You know, Buto could have possibly been in the hunt for this thing. It may still be. There's a lot of time left in this series, but you know, he made the racing bracket, which was a big you know plus for his championship efforts, if you will. Because uh, he hasn't been the most consistent racer in the world out there, not to knock on the guy, but you know, statistics are statistics. Um, and then you look at you know where he's been in freestyle. He was the winningest freestyle driver of the last year, and then you know comes in this year and just had a rough start with that. You know, going breaking on your second hit and being over on your lid is not how you want to start a championship. Definitely. And uh, I was just looking through some of the other results and everything too. 
a uh, couple people to to mention. We were going to talk about Becky McDonough because she got her uh, first stadium freestyle victory. You're talking about stadium freestyle victories. Uh, did a great job out there. Saw that she's in the uh, top half of the freestyle finishers for Tampa as well. And then uh, moving over to wanted to talk about El Toro Loco on the other side too. Mark McDonald, another guy that I think consistently gets the shaft from the judges no matter where he's at. A lot of skill in that seat, whichever seat that he's in. So a little bit disappointing there. Uh, did like seeing, like I said, you got a positive and a negative there. Like seeing Becky McDonough start to uh, you know, maintain some consistency there with the freestyle performances. Uh, on the other hand, a guy that's always been consistent, not really getting the scores that he deserves in El Toro Loco. Yeah, and uh, to continue on, I guess, a little bit with Atlanta, uh, shout-out to Roy Pridgen. Dude put on a pretty good run in Ice Cream Man. He had a tough run to follow up because I believe he came out right after Cold Stevens and Cletus and threw in some pretty ridiculous saves of his own. Uh, that tall Floridian guy, he was, happens to be lactose intolerant driving the Ice Cream Man. Uh, <laughs> just, just Either uh, that or he's just pulling my leg, which with Roy, that's very much a possibility because if you've ever spent time around Roy, you're going to laugh because the man can make you laugh. Um <laughs> But he's got that ice cream man running pretty good. Had a really solid freestyle out there. Some good saves, you know. Nice way to kind of start off the year. Both of the Florida boys there with JR and Buddy had a strong showing out there. So good on those guys. They've got a tough tough amount of traveling going on for their schedule. Having to go all the way from Florida out to the West Coast and driving around and then eventually making their way back east. But um, good to see those guys running well. Uh, Jimmy Creighton put up a great freestyle run of his own. Came up short or over-rotated a little bit of the backflip. Got that funny bounce and back on his roof. But a uh, strong run from Creighton. We already talked about how he can be a championship contender in this series. It'll be interesting to watch and see if he can find that right stroke of luck to really be in the hunt for this thing. He's a fantastic racer. We all know that. He's a strong freestyler. I think the biggest thing for Creighton is, is just to kind of step up his momentum a little bit, his hit-to-hit action so that he can be there more with the likes of a Neil Elliott and an Adam Anderson. Definitely. Uh, I'll tell you what, one guy that maybe this gets lost in the, in the whole thing uh, this week, but I, I just want to see Gary Porter on a, in a point series again, man. Can we pluck him out of there and, and put him in a point series, or is he just too, in, too ingrained in the, uh, the arena culture now? Yeah, I, you know, I love getting to watch Gary Porter run anytime because that usually means I get a chance to talk to Gary Porter, which is always entertaining. But, you know, he's doing a lot of good things there in arenas, and it's kind of one of those tough deals. It's a double-edged sword in that Gary is so good in arenas that it's hard to pull him out of there and drop him back into stadiums because he's such an ace as far as being somebody that you can rely on to put on a fantastic show, you know, coming from, you know, more of, I guess, looking at it as a promoter. When you've got somebody that has got just such an immense talent and is so good that they can almost carry an event on their shoulders, it's hard to take them out of that environment and put them in somewhere else. Um, You know, and so when it comes to having to do the logistics and the routing for first quarter that they have to deal with, it is tough because I think a lot of people would like to see what Gary can do more, you know, in a stadium environment. We got a little taste of that this summer with him going to Nashville and going to Foxborough. But, you know, yeah, I definitely, you know, being the old school dork that I am, I love seeing Carolina Crusher go flying high in the air and really competing with competing with the big dogs once again on the big floors. But, uh, you know, it's just so tough to pull him out of arenas. He's so good in that environment. Real quick question too. We did get a question as we we we, uh, we do read the YouTube comments as well as uh, Twitter, Instagram. 
Uh, a couple of people were asking about Dustin Brown. Uh, to my knowledge right now, as of now, he is not in his seat. Have you heard anything else about that? No, um, you know, Dustin is a full-time employee down there in Allenton, Florida. Uh, he's one of the shop managers and, you know, has a lot on his plate as far as, you know, taking care of logistics and stuff like that for the entire fleet. Um, as far as I know, Dustin's been out of a seat, but, you know, um, I imagine, you know, in a situation like what we had to see with Carl Van Horn this past weekend, it wouldn't surprise me at all to see Dustin Brown jump into a seat here and there and some fill-in roles and stuff like that. But I think, you know, with the amount of workload that he had taken on in the past few years with his position at the shop, you know, it's harder for him to be able to do his job and then still be a driver as well. And that's kind of a shame because Dustin has got some talent behind the he, wheel. I he, think he's uh, proven In my that. opinion, you know, he had those – Again, like we were saying with some of these other other people, uh, you know, I was saying that with Colt Stevens now too. Market improvement every time it seemed like every time he got in the behind the wheel, he was getting better, and it was to the point where I would trust him at any any stadium show. Sometimes was a star of those stadium shows. So you put that out there, I, I feel like they're you know, as long as Dustin's happy, everybody's happy, right? But uh, I need. I need to see that man behind a wheel, even if it's in a pinch. Uh, we, we almost could have like an all-time fill-in team, you know, with, uh, with the way that Lee O'Donnell was going uh, a few years back. And then we had Paul Cohen. You got Carl now. And you got Dustin. Uh, that would be a pretty good lineup anywhere. Yeah, I mean, hey, that's what four trucks right there. But that's pretty strong four, you know, as far as uh, quality and caliber of drivers there. There you go. Uh, excellent. So, uh, that that pretty much wraps up the weekend for me, man. I don't really have a whole lot else. Uh, some strong points there, a lot of things to think about. But bottom line is we love monster trucks, man. A lot of stuff to talk about. Uh, do you got anything else? I uh, just want to send a shout-out to our boy, Cody Saussier. Uh, you know, coming up huge with the freestyle win down in Tampa. Um, you know, he rocked the house there. I felt like he did a great job uh, deserving of the win. Ryan Anderson put up a pretty strong effort of his own, as did Dennis Anderson. Um Props to Mikey Vodders for the freestyle performance he put on in Tampa. Clearly had a broken truck, was ill handling as all get out, but still managed to put on a pretty strong freestyle there. Couldn't fill the time, but it was pretty pretty awesome run there. Uh, more props to Becky you mentioned on earlier. She had another strong run down there in Tampa. She's getting a lot better. You can tell the confidence is getting there. It keeps building, and I think that's a big thing for Becky. As long as her confidence up, we're going to continue to see improvement there. Definitely great points all around, man. Guys, you can follow us on Twitter at The All Monster. You can subscribe to this YouTube channel here. It's All Monster Videos. Drop a like on the video if you did enjoy it. And then Instagram is All Monster as well. So definitely looking forward to your comments, your concerns, questions. Now that we're in the uh, the early silly season with the drivers too, lots of stuff going on. And uh, I wanted to close out again by sending well wishes to Dennis Anderson. Never like to see anybody get hurt behind the wheel. And uh, hopefully things work out there. And everybody turns out great for it. So, guys, if you enjoyed everything, please be sure to let us know. As I mentioned, we love your interaction. We'd love to talk with you. And uh, whether it's on Twitter, Instagram, YouTube here, uh, we appreciate your support. Be on the lookout for another episode of the Monster Truck Podcast very soon.